Yeah. I can't even. I can't breathe. Fuck. I can't I, breathe. Okay. Are you recording? Yes, oh yes. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't get it. I Don't Get It, a podcast about uh, dance and performance in Edmonton. Uh, we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Uh, I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. Uh, and we are uh, we are in the parking lot of the Jubilee Auditorium, slowly trying to get through traffic, uh, yeah. both foot and vehicular. Uh, on our way from Momix, Opus Cactus, presented by Alberta Ballet. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind. Of, it was a really interesting night. Um, we don't often see groups like that come through Edmonton. Right. So, so Fonda, tell me a little bit about about Momix. What does it mean to have a group like this uh, come through Edmonton in that sense? Well, so Momix is one of the most, uh, I, at least I think, visually commercially recognizable dance companies in the world. Um, you've seen them on Mercedes Benz commercials. You've seen them on the Golden Globes, um, and in Cirque du Soleil, things like that. Of course, their founder Moses Pendleton has worked with every European dance company that you want to work with and and operas as well um, and they specialize in a sort of acrobatic illusionism um, where they they make these sort of like scenic shapes with their bodies um, not only in the, in this ballet in particular they were focusing on scenes from the Sonoran Desert right it was a, this was a piece that was a, Opus Cactus was originally uh, commissioned by the Arizona Ballet um, in, in sort of uh, inspired by, by by the desert mm-hmm. I'm still trying to back it as, as <laughs> and is, not hit people I'm gonna say that is the priority over <laughs> over recording this podcast is that what you keep talking Paul <laughs> sure um so yeah inspired by the desert there were sort of 18 vignettes ranging from let's say 30 seconds long to to several minutes uh all sort of animating an element of the desert whether it was some creature that lived there or uh, some sort of flower or, or um, plant growth or something sort of that some movement that was captured somehow in, in the sense of that time or that place. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting costume and prop work. Um, I really appreciated the one. Uh, so, and the the, ba- the ballet itself is made up of what eighteen vignettes. Yeah, eighteen vignettes. Um, and so there was one in the second half, uh, for example, that used these large fans. Um, and so the five female dancers who are part of the company could use the fans as either um, a prop that would enhance their costume. Or they would use them as props to sort of join each other together as sort of like one other different kind of creature. Um, it was kind of cool. Oh my god, this is totally like a cluster mess out here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> here we are. But you know, we <laughs> have time to we have the butt end of the car sticking out. It's out now. <laughs> it's it, we're we're getting somewhere. We're getting uh, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what were maybe some of those vignettes or moments that stood out to you, Fonda? Um, what were what were some things that that stood out having seen Opus Cactus? Um, one of the scenes that I really liked was the one just before intermission, I think it was called Caravan, um, where they had these um, figures sort of uh, with a male dancer, a female dancer, the male dancers on his back on sort of like, almost like a skateboard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like a rolly, like a little square rolly from gym class. Yeah, and the, the female dancer is walking... Um, her feet are on his knees, but her weight is actually on her knees, which are on his hands. Right. So it looks like this kind of crazy 
I don't know, still sort of like Star Wars alien robot creature to me. (laughs) Even though it was supposed to be all very natural, it all looked really alien and strange sometimes. Yeah, which is maybe uh, one of the interesting things, I think, in in all of the pieces is the way it used bodies, um, often plural, um, often sort of combining two or three or more people um, to somehow uh, alter or or twist what we're seeing uh, in a way that makes it sort of gives us pause, I guess. There was a similar sort of movement earlier uh, in the first part of the show where it uh, um, these sort of like almost bird-like figures start to walk out. Um, their their backs are arched, but there's something sort of wrong for the first few moments about their <laughs> proportions. For me, I was like, I don't understand what this person's proportions seem all wrong <laughs> uh, because it's two people. Because um, uh, the base is one of the the men in the show leaning way back, and um, the top mm-hmm. is is one of the women in the show uh, with their legs sort of wrapped around uh, his torso and 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 gesturing out from there. Uh, but sort of it, it yeah, it makes bodies sort of these things we we live in all the time a really really strange and fantastic, uh, if only for a vision. A lot of the a lot of the um, uh, the the vignettes sort of ended on a slow fade on an image that was mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. consistently the idea was reinforcing the the strangeness and the beauty of these images. I think um, uh, more than more than anything else, there was no narrative to this this ballet or this this work. Yeah, well, I want to get back to the no narrative part sure. in, in a sec, but I, I they do appreciate that part those few parts in the show where you're just kind of like, how did they do that? Like, mm-hmm. how are they doing that right now? And you kind of have to almost look at the dancers that are on stage and. and untangle their bodies in your mind thinking like that's that leg and that's belongs to this other person um i heard someone in the audience behind us um the opening tableau of the uh of the second act be like how many people are in there yeah, yeah which is <laughs> often a good a very good quality question yeah yeah um, and then the answer was two i think it was only two in that um in that first bit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but another one of those pieces was um during the fan part again Again, that was it was done by all women dressed the same, so it was very hard to differentiate between bodies. Um, but it looked like there were the um, t- the one of the women was floating on stage, essentially sitting in a chair. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's of course no chair there. So how is she getting up there? But and the thing is, is that it's only actually one of her legs. Her other leg is planted, and the dancer directly behind her is holding her other leg, so that it looks like they're the same. They're from the same body. Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and it just looked like she was floating in a non-existent chair. It was just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, in every piece of sort of pre-press or, or things I've read about Momix or its dancers, it always refers to them as dancer slash illusionist or hyphen illusionist. Yeah, yeah. And that, that does feel um, uh, accurate to, to what we saw. Even, even some of the... The music, which was all sort of desert-inspired from different desert cultures and different uh, desert sounds, um, still sort of felt like something that you would hear sort of in the tense part of a magic show, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sort of where there's just mood and something's happening and you're not sure what it is and there's going to be this payoff to it. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was also, um, oh yeah, we were going to get back to the narrative part, but before that, okay. I think that we should pause because we owe our network a couple of ads. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and so we can just um, we're we're gonna we're gonna do those right now, and then we'll get to talking about the narrative and the silhouette and the use sure, of silhouette yeah, in yeah. the show. Okay, ready. <laughs> 
So uh, here on I Don't Get It, we're proudly part of the Alberta Podcast Network. And I wanted to give a special shout out to the Northern Nerdcast this week. Dan and Chelsea talked to Rapid Fire Theater's Matt Sherman about um, all the cool things that Rapid Fire Theater does. If you haven't listened to the Northern Nerdcast before, you should really check it out. And you can find out about all of our uh, partner podcasts on APN at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And now, the ads are over. Great. So, Paul, you mentioned that um, there wasn't, uh, like, an overarching narrative to the show. Yes. How did you feel about that? Because they're, they're sure, I, I felt that there, I mean, other than the setting of the desert, mm-hmm. um, there wasn't really a lot that linked the feeling of the pieces together. Yeah, I would say uh, it was interesting without something um, aside from environment uh, to, to tie all the pieces together. We're sort of... Um, each one sort of has to stand on its own, and I think uh, a lot of them did that uh, very well. Uh, some of them sort of were either very short and sort of just this this beautiful image, something that you know they realized they could do, and so they wanted to do it, so they did. I'm uh, Austin Powersing right now. This is great. <laughs> deep deep cut reference to Austin Powers one when he's trying to turn the uh, turn the thing around in a narrow corridor, and time is ticking. But yes, uh, the. Real drama is in the car ride on the way right. home we're, as we're, we try and get out of the parking lot. We're in the line. We're in the line. The moving line. Yeah. Victory is ours. <laughs> yeah. So, so I felt like each piece sort of had had something to prove in a way in in that sense. And yeah, a lot of them, a lot of did. A couple of them sort of felt like just an image or a perplexing sort of reveal. Or there was one early on where it was sort of these five pools of light on these um, uh, these shapes, sort of under under this this fabric. That sort of um, stood and and sort of pulled itself up and tightened some of that fabric, each of them in sort of a tight pool of of light, uh, and then dropped them for this sort of reveal of uh, of sort of the person, but also maybe the blooming. I guess to me, it felt like a very flower. If we're thinking the mm, desert flower, mm, yeah, um, that's what it felt like to to me. Uh, but that was sort of again sort of this quick little little piece that sort of just was was part of it. Rather than the ones that are like, oh, wow, this thing happened. This guy attached fire to his feet. Come and on, Ranger Rover. Get in there. Jesus. <laughs> I, I appreciate your, your podcast-friendly... Um, uh, yeah. Not my, not my regular driving voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I feel like um, those uh, some of those moments, yeah, were just sort of in there as part of it. And some of them really, really uh, had huge payoff. Yeah, like, can we talk about the pole dances? They're, sure, they're, yeah. They were called, respectively, in the first act, pole dance. Second act, big pole dance. Big pole dance. So <laughs> buckle up after you see the first one. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> Got to be bigger. So what? Do, how did you think of the use of uh, poles? I mean, this is really one of the, a kind of like a traditional circus element almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've seen a few circ shows in my day, and totally this felt like maybe the, the closest to, to that. But the first one was a trio of, of performers, uh, each had a pole, probably ten feet tall, um, and and would sort of they they did sort of coordinated movement and dance and played off each other and used those poles to extend jumps and and cross the stage in in huge bounds and leap off of each other and sort of pivot on each other. Uh, we are now out of the parking lot. 
We're out. Things have I never see, looked better. I see regular traffic and stop signs. Ah. Hooray. Please follow this. Yeah, I'm working on it. Great. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Fonda? What did you think? Uh, that was sort of the first one. What was the second one like? And what did you What did you sort of feel about those, those um, pieces? In, in, the fir- in the first one with the three male dancers, um, gosh, I really uh, remember the, the, the pieces or the parts of the, the pole dance where they were... Um, using the poles to slow down a leap or a jump. Mm-hmm. So it really just kind of allowed this slow motion arc um, to happen with the body. And it allowed them to sit, stay suspended for longer than they normally would. Um, just really fascinating um, use of the prop in there. Um, and then the second half, they kind of used the, they used the poles in a very different um, orientation. They used them a lot more like... Um, Sort of like you would see the uneven bars used in gymnastics. Sure, yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, kind of... Uh, so, f- of course, the the women who are dancing on the poles for that, which are being held by the men on the so- by the sides, uh, that looked, you know, it was a completely different use of the apparatus, which was kind of, you know, I appreciated that. That was great. Um, especially just wondering, like, about what the difference between pole dance and big pole dance in the program was. Sure, I feel like, uh, you know, in the first one, it was like one pole a person. and the second one, there was like up to three pole or three people per pole. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, we've talked sort of about, we keep distinguishing between the male and the female dancers. It was sort of a, an even split company of sort of five um, masculine presenting performers and five uh, feminine presenting performers. Uh, and all of them across the board were ripped uh, <laughs> yes. in, in different ways and maybe sort of atypical um, dance bodies in that sense, especially if we think about uh, ballet, but, but all sort of um, uh, somewhere between a, a dance physique and also an acrobat physique, maybe an acrobat physique, uh, things like that. Yeah, and these, the, like these were strong bodies, and I think I, you know, ironically, the part that where the physique really stood out the most was not where they were, where the dancer himself was doing anything particularly like super virtuosic mm-hmm. but he was dancing with fire on his feet yeah um and you could you know it just illuminated his thighs which looked like <laughs> yep. footballs <laughs> like they were yeah it was just like wow yeah, it really, really gave his whole legs. body contouring with this low light um that really really showed just how how physically uh uh, effective these these performers were uh, across the board, yes. uh, but that was sort of a nice uh, a nice showcasing of that. It was such Plus, a, were, an illuminating moment. There was fire on his feet. I, I can't <laughs> stress this enough. Yes, like real fire, real like fire, not, not lights. He like did some, fire. Some, yeah. some, some handsprings. He did all sorts. Oh of yeah, fire yeah, it was great. I can't. I mean, you know, of course they go through lots of protective gear and stuff. I'm sure, but like, wow, can't imagine. It still must have been pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Up there. So Fonda, how do we how do we describe this as dance? This sort of where does this fall on the on the realm of your Cirque du Soleil to your your um, your classical ballet? How does this land? Well, I think that I mean, there's a lot of companies. Cirque, I guess, could be one of them too. That specialize sort of in like more like scenic movement than than in real traditional dance and choreography. You could tell that these dancers are ballet trained. There's right. ballet. There's like full on chenets. The women, the female and the. Co- Females in the company are doing spins all, all over the place. There's a ballet mistress credited as, yeah, as part of part the company. Of the company. Um, you know, they're 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 very they're very um, formally trained. 
Um, but the the important bits of the show really are to get the images across. Mm-hmm. Um, so that valuation of the image um, and just then kind of as, as an audience member, I think being able to like have the perspective of both, wow, these are really skilled dancers, isn't this choreography kind of interesting, to also being like, wow, look at that shape they're making. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the, uh, maybe one piece that really showcased both was I think the second one in the show, which was sort of started with the silhouette. Um, after the sort of inaugural one, there's this uh, cactus that floats up, uh, revealing just a, a standing dancer um, in silhouette. And then uh, they just go through some fast, uh, syncopated, uh, very specific movement um, that, that showed sort of this, this command of, of body and, and there were spins, these sort of balletic spins uh, that, that were very uh, powerful as well. Uh, but it was also, yeah, it was sort of in service of some of this imagery, especially when it was silhouetted. The silhouette eventually faded and more dancers joined. Um, also some, some dancers skittered around in sort of the shape of cactus while still in the silhouette. <laughs> um, yeah, so that sort of balance between, between image uh, and Yeah, in that way, I think this show was really successful in using silhouette to emphasize the images that the dancers were making because they used it more heavily, I think, in the first half of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it got to a point where I would really notice the dancer's face when the lights were on. It almost sort of broke the wall a bit for me. Um, So, because just seeing the the silhouette allowed you to focus on the image and let your imagination kind of be like, what's that supposed to be? Mm -hmm. Um, And as soon as you saw a face, really, like an illuminated face, then it was just like, well, of course, it's a a person, it's a dancer. Right. Unless it was sort of this two-body combination that was like, what kind of person is this? This is some (laughs) blend of two making this strange sort of creature. Yeah. Uh, That was great. (laughs) Yeah, um, I also, there was a part where they were dancing with sort of, um, like, blue or green on their faces. I'm not sure if it was a mask or makeup, Um, but it also just sort of, like, kind of was a continuation of the costume they were wearing. So, and I think that it lent to that full-on image of just kind of, like, trying to illustrate that that they weren't people, they weren't supposed to be people. Right. Uh, no one else can see this, but we just drove by the apartment building in which I don't get it was born. Oh, the blanket fort! <laughs> Never forget. We lived together in that building. I was on one floor. Uh, Fonda and Andrew were on the other. Uh, and I would just go down the elevator and we would go in a blanket fort and record a podcast. How it all began so long ago. <laughs> speaking of which, it, speak, well, speaking of, you know, things beginning, it's time to begin another ad. Hey everyone, by now you know that APN is affiliated with Edmonton Community Foundation and their Well Endowed podcast. On this month's episode of Well Endowed, you can check out a bunch of Black History in honor of Black History Month with Minister Faust as he looks at the 26th annual Afro Quiz. They also sit down with Darren Jordan and Nadja Williams to chat about Five Artists, One Love, which celebrates the history of black music and visual art through February at the AGA, U of A Augustana Campus Library, and the Scott Gallery. And they also check in with the Edmonton Shift Lab for an update on the work that the organization is doing to rethink the way society combats racism. Check it all out. You can find it at thewellendowedpodcast.com. And so concludes another ad. Right. 
Um, well, so, Paul, I mean, you're you're pretty well-versed now in a lot of the dance that, that we've seen. Sure. Or, or a lot of performance. Even circus art, you know. Sure, we've within seen, reason. <laughs> we've seen some circ, we've seen some horse ballets, we've seen all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, I don't know, where did the movement in this fall for you? How did, how were you, uh, were you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, it, it's sort of, um... It felt very spectacle-driven, which I think is the point. Um, especially, it was evoking the desert. It was evoking this place. And so what I found I was uh, trying to process was sort of, what was it evoking? Sometimes it was it was evident. It was obvious. There were a few pieces where it was like, here's a, you know, five bodies making a snake. You know, mm. here's, uh, here's a flower blooming. But sometimes it would be more subtle, you know, and without obviously being able to check the title of that particular vignette in the program because the show was on, uh, you would sort of be left to, to interpret what it could be. And so I found what I was drawn to was sort of gesture uh, a lot of the time. They, these bodies would be doing these fantastic things, but I think for clarity what I was looking for was the little things that would maybe show, oh, this, this is moving like a flower opening up, or oh, this is, you know, this seems like a bird, uh, an ostrich of the imagination as... One of the, the vignettes is called in the end, but sort of you would sort of try and track the, the gesture and that would sort of be the clue for me in terms of understanding what part of the, the spectacle of the desert uh, we were seeing animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about for you, Fonda? What stood out about the movement that we that we haven't already sort of touched on? Well, I think the the virtuosity of it, you know, like you could just sit back and watch the show and appreciate these really strong, graceful bodies. Um, but I also think that... Um, the parts that really worked were the ones where you were just allowed to not think of them as human. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like I mentioned with the with the silhouette, the use of silhouette. It was it was easier to let your mind go um, when they were even like I, I guess I would say more contorted or more distorted. Like the very opening piece <laughs> is this kind of weird. It's you can't even see bodies at all. All you see are these props that are sort of weird glowing um tumbleweeds yeah yeah what first you see a tumbleweed go across and you think oh the classic joke um but then there are more and (laughs) more about the desert yeah Yeah. and then there's like more and more of them and and they're like expanding and contracting and i don't remember what the toy is to spin yeah 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 they um but yeah and then one of the dancers wears a bunch of them so you get like a you know an actual like body that's that you can't see though you can still only see these tumbleweeds shape glowing tumbleweeds shaping the body because everything Mm -hmm. else is completely black um and it's just sort of like this sort of irreverent odd um way like I don't know I I think I leaned over to you that at one at that point I was like I think this is the peyote part right yeah yeah and, <laughs> and, it was. and it's just like we're, okay we're in the desert it's weird you know yeah. and um yeah it, you know and, and there were there were moments of humor in it that I think uh made you sort of realize it was like okay you can just see this with a little bit of lightness like the um human centipede or whatever that thing right. was <laughs> right know. i can't unsee it anymore <laughs> sure yeah and there was uh there was an interesting trick for me near the end where um there was a very short piece where sort of the curtain came down and came up on um five heads upside down sort of uh more illuminated and then you could also see their bodies um so it looked like it was it was five men in a handstand um, mm-hmm. And the music was really intense. And then the piece sort of culminates with their hands rising up. So they're in visually just, it's their illuminated heads and their bodies um, standing up without any support. Uh, at that point, you can sort of piece together that you're like, 
there's probably another dancer behind each there's of them. Probably people holding them, up. holding them up. But it was still such a neat trick. So I think yeah, there was there was this uh, this fantastic. It was those moments of of where um, either the surreal would happen or a body wouldn't be a body or would do something that a body didn't seem capable of doing mm-hmm. that were uh, the most effective. I think in Opus Cactus. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I mean it was really I think it was pretty special that uh, Momix was here in Edmonton and you know brought in ba- Alberta Ballet. Want to give a special thanks to Alberta Ballet for mm-hmm. um, inviting us to host the pre-show chat with. John Graham Meitch today. Um, that was that was kind of a treat. That yeah, was really it was, fun. It was fun. It was fun to hear uh, his thoughts. Again, everyone who was in the show to remember the show was getting ready for the show. Uh, <laughs> so, but it was interesting to hear another artistic director's visions on what uh, they saw, why they brought this company in, what stands out for them about that, what did they learn when they see a show like this. Uh, yeah. So there was a lot there. Yeah, it was like a ton of stuff. Um, so, well, what's next, Paul? What are we seeing next? That's a great question. I think, well, I'm, we're, I'm, I know, I'm on Friday gonna go see, um, Malzier Dance's Dance Crush with Andrew Tay. Right, right, right. And then, uh, and then we're seeing City Ballet as well, uh, Saturday. this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so lots of stuff going on. Um, yeah, and we'll have another episode coming out on Sunday. So, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you can catch some shows while you're out there. Stay warm. Yeah, stay warm and, and think of the, the, the desert <laughs> yes. like opus cactus would will you to do the weird weird creatures that could come and get you in the desert <laughs> on that note bye-bye bye i don't get it is a member of the alberta podcast network powered by atb you can subscribe to us on itunes or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the ckua radio app I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Lennon.